Hello, and welcome to People First Merseyside podcast. Today's episode will be about members' experiences with grief that I mentioned back in the plans for 2023. Now, the way that this episode is going to work is members are going to be speaking one at a time about their own personal experiences with grief, and some members may speak more than once. Now, because of the subject matter that will be discussed in this episode, this episode might be a bit hard to listen to. So, if you feel uncomfortable or are upset by what is discussed, feel free to stop listening and perhaps listen at a later time when you're feeling better. With that said, we hope that you enjoy the episode. My, my my close friend David, who uh, we we lost just over four years ago, and the amount of time that I knew my my uh, my, my friend David, uh, which was over thirty years, uh, and then losing my best friend, um, uh, it hurt. Uh, I felt lost. Lonely, seeing my friend daily, weekly, monthly, yearly, etc., and um, it it felt numb. My mum had cancer and she died of cancer. She died at home. Uh, she suffered about fifteen years of breast cancer. Didn't complain to me, Dad, or me and my sister once about it. Yeah, I can't explain. Yeah, like you said, like, grief is nobody knows what you're going through till you've been there, right? And you don't understand. If people say, Oh, you come out of there, you'll be alright, you'll be alright. But sometimes you're not alright. Not like that. Like you've got your family, but you can't. But you can't you can't explain to your family what you're going through. Yeah, I've had like mates and family who passed away, and I think it's hard because sometimes I felt like when people deteriorate, it kind of I cope with it better. But having people who died very quickly was the harder thing to go through. I think to have people around me who is caring, helped, and have like, people go straight after each other. There's not been like, a year that someone hasn't passed away that I'm close to. And how to deal with that mentally it links onto my self-harm and I think now I deal with it better because of the David project. I balled it all up and hearted it. I started Hubert College in 2007 and I met a girl and she started, she was doing level one of childcare and I was doing the same course. We got chatting and then Every time we went to lunch, she didn't really eat nothing as much. 
so I got her to share half of my chips or something like And we went down to the canteen to have, to have them chips and she was getting, because I had my half-brother who went to the same college, he didn't like something, something like that on, on chips. But we got him to get half one and his face was all like that and me and Laura was laughing our heads off. And then we went for walks around the gardens and outside Hubert College. Then she told me that she had cancer of the back of the brain and on the spine. And I was in total shock. And then we got really close over the phone. Um, we always sat together. I always put like pen and paper on the desk for her when she comes in. And then one day she just didn't come in at all. Um, my mum was a nurse, um, but she gave it up when she had her first child. Um, but then she went back to work not long before she died. Um, she was a nurse in the Royal Hospital. Um, and then they found out that she had breast cancer. And then um, she had to leave. Um, she got secondary cancer. She got brain cancer and basically got told she wouldn't survive after that. Um, she got told three years, but I, for some reason, thought it was three years that she was told, but she only got told one. So, but I've got audio processing disorder, so I might have remembered wrong. So I was expecting to have her a bit longer, um, which I was a bit, I was a bit hard for, for, for our family, because there's a lot of us, um, and she only lasted three months, but she got liver cancer and they weren't sure if it was lung cancer as well. So she had a few. Um, but she was at home when she died. Um, we, we've got, um, I've got six sisters and two brothers. And my youngest sister was only seven when my mum died, so she, she hit it a lot. But I knew that David uh, was in a place where he was uh, cl uh, cl uh, closer to, to me, which is up in heaven. And he was looking down at me, uh, saying to me, be happy, continue with what you're doing towards what I do towards people first men's side, um, help support people out to the best of, just like I did. And um, uh, I'll be by your side. I, I, I don't talk about me that. I keep it inside me. And I, uh, and I, uh, now and again, I go in me. Of the world, I uh, I close up different things. I uh, I go I go quiet. And that. Mm. When my nan 
passed away six years ago on my birthday and um, I am the one who found her body in a flat on my birthday with my mum and um, she's not answering and I thought, oh, this is not my nan. So we went in and we saw her and we thought she was asleep. So me, I checked her pulse, checked her pulse and um, if she's gone because she's blue and I was crying because she was my solo mate. So I, was I was close to her, talking out, talking out everywhere. Was my mum passed away age going back ages ago, I think about thirty odd years. But um was it it's still in my memory and it just can't get out of my memory. Um she died from pan pancreas cancer. Uh, I'm the I'm I'm the one that found her in the bedroom. I asked her if she was okay, and she said yes. She didn't want to be disturbed. I have to be strong for my kids and all like that at the same time. Then I have to be strong with the family. Then I have to be strong with my brother. But nobody knew what I was going through. Heartbreaking. Shock at first. Go numb. Don't really believe, but you know it's true. It's like the world's just ripped away from you. Thirty one day, I got a phone call from a sister, and she said, "Can you ring us six o'clock today? Um, she's got a puppy, but her cancer's come back." And she was, um, she only just like turned 18, like she was 22nd of February. She was, she turned 18 and she said, don't tell her that she's got cancer, the cancer's back, don't tell her at all. Um, she's got a puppy, don't tell her you know about the puppy, let her tell you. So when six o'clock came, I went to the phone box and rang her and she was like, in shock, tell me, how did you get my number? I said, Oh, and your sister passed me because she, she knew that you you were my best friend. So she said, oh, she was like, so happy to talk to me. She said, oh, i got a puppy, you know, called Bailey, a cocker, a cocker spaniel. And then she said, can you come down down to me on Saturday? So I said, yeah, I'll come down. What happened? I should have been there on the last day, but I was here when she died. And I felt like, oh, I should have been there. Because last time I saw her, it was a couple of weeks before she died. And then I was saw her on the day she died. So I felt that grief and guilt for, for six years. Lovely Sandy. Sandy was a very strong dog. She used to pull me here then. Now I'm taking her for a walk. She'd take me for a walk. She loved uh, jumping about in the fields. And when the funniest man we went on holiday, she used to bark at the statues. <laughs> Talk about my dad. 
even go around me, that means talk about them. Uh, and uh, I go go me that grave and uh, all, all that. Go stand there on a quiet. Uh, well, his, pro his, his, his belongings went to Sefton Council. And if going by the funeral himself, sorry, itself, um, if we hadn't have seen Dave Willis, who was the pastor of the church that he went to, David's funeral wouldn't have been uh, the funeral the, the funeral that he did get. He would have been put in a graveyard and uh, uh, um, not had a plaque, stone, or it just would have been in, a, in no, no man's land. Before I joined the David Project and before we did it, I realised I was stuck in the past, mentally in the past, that my head was still, when I was 16, I grew up and everything, but I was still in the past, my head was still 16-year-old girl, going through a lot of stuff with the family and my dad dying and because my dad was the, the the sort of linchpin of the family sort of like you don't you never like back chatted to my dad and he was like the law in the house. You've just gotta I know it sounds weird but you just have to slowly get back into a routine. It takes time. Um, I went through a stage of going to see the doctor, tell them how you feel. I've gone through, um, I tried counselling but I couldn't talk about it. Um, Some people react differently to others, like need more, some people need more time to process that it happens rather than others. Some people can go to counselling and talk about it, but I find it really hard. But in some ways I regretted that. So I tell people to look that up, to do that, and to try their best to do that, because it's took me quite a while to get to the point where I'm moving on properly and not thinking I'm going to burst into tears every time someone mentions my mum to me. So it took me a while, but mostly with friends, though, if I'm talking about my mum, I seem to manage it with, with my family. And I, I think that's... Uh, you tend to have your family support if you're with them. You don't really think about it as much because you're thinking about the people you have in the room. So on Saturday, I went up and she was so annoyed because she wasn't dressed, she was still in her pyjamas. 
and I went up to the um, she said, I don't want to see her yet, I'm not dressed. So I said to her, it's fine. So I went upstairs and she was telling me, oh, I can't wait to go back to college, I can't wait to do McDonald's with, with you. And I was like, in my, in my head, I was saying, you're not going to do them things. So I got told, like, um, you've only got a couple of weeks left, left to live. So I was just like, saying, oh yeah, I can't wait to come to, I can't wait to see you come back to college too. And then, the following week, I couldn't, I couldn't go up um, because the priest was down there. And then the week after, um, I went up with a teddy bear with a pink jacket, a pink jumper on, a few, a card, a few gifts. And then also that was the last um, time I saw her. Um. The house is not the same without my mum. It's a, I don't upset myself as much. And I just have nice, have nice memories of my mum. And, uh, quite a long time ago, my dad and my mum, my mum who wanted to drive abroad, my dad drove to Greece in, his, in the car. Just me, my mum and my dad in the car. And that was a lovely experience. We'd love to do it again. I used to be good. You used to be fantastic. Help me. You used to be taking me in the car to do me to your dog and that. I miss, miss him and that. And that. I knew that he was always with me. And um, from from his death four years ago till now, he's with me every day. He's by, he's walking by the side of me. He's 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 uh, he's, he's with me at this moment in here in people first minutes. Like I can see him, although he's you know invisible. He, he is still with me, his spirit's still with me. And towards people around me, they are still with them as well. Um, and uh, with, with this project of the David Project, um, we, 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 are, we are doing what we what we, what we're doing to help what happened to David not happen to people with learning disabilities uh, again, including obviously uh, the uh, people having a say of what they want come the end of life. So the following Saturday on the twenty sixth of April. 2008, I had a phone call from a sister, sister crying, saying she died with in her brother's arms with the teddy that you bought her um, in her arms. So she she died with the teddy in her arms, and I was just bursting into tears. Like I couldn't like I said to him, so so sorry. I scrammed my eyes out. Then I put the phone down, 
I went into college on the Monday. I didn't want to go in. I just couldn't handle going in. So I went in anyway. And through the day, a sister rang me and said, can you do um, a reason for the, for Laura's funeral and to, to wear pink? Um, that was her favorite color. So on the day of the funeral, I wore pink, done the reason, and my mum and dad was like, and our family was so thankful for doing a reason. It was like the church was full in St. Elizabeth's um, church. And it was just out of the way. My favourite artist was Leon Lewis, and that was the same song, the same music I, I liked. And a moment like this was played in the um, in the wake. When David first started four years ago, I I joined it, and um, then. Uh, then I stopped going because I don't want to talk about death or nothing because I just lost my nan not long ago uh, before that project happens. But in the middle of it, in the, like in year three, I started coming back because I need to um, move on. Um, I need to like talk about when I'm gone and how to plan my own funeral. I want to learn stuff about that. And um, I have come to terms with it. I want closure. I want closure that my now wanted me to be happy. She wants me to move on because every birthday, I don't like celebrating it because my nan's not here. And I've got loads of people telling me she wanted you to celebrate it. So, I celebrate it because my nan want me to, not everyone else want me to, but David did, Project did help me with the griefs of it and come to terms and closure of, of me. Face the fact that my nan's not here anymore to comfort me and look after me and that. It is different every time. I think the older I've got, the more I can handle my emotions. I think I'm very in tune with myself. I think some people with learning disabilities, we don't get taught about our emotions or how to handle it, if you even can talk about it. And I think that's the thing that makes us angry and makes us Frustrated, like, because we've got a label doesn't mean you, you don't tell us. I think sometimes I, I found out stuff later on, or people have made decisions. It's like, I don't want people to make decisions. I want a person to make decisions. I was still, my head was still stuck back then and it helped me to sort of not forget it because you can't change who you were back then but learn from who you were back then and learn to grow as a person because you're all, you're different people throughout your life and to who you are now but you have to remember, not forget the people you were 
but remember who you were to understand who you are now. She was there. She she was she was there. No, she was there. Good company. Yeah, she was she was nice. She was nice to be be around. When she fell ill, I was upset. Uh, my auntie told me that she, I think maybe I had to be put down. I cried my eyes out when she died. I didn't cope. I didn't want to go anywhere. I didn't want to go out. I just, every time I saw McDonald's, I cried. Every time I saw River Islands at the shop, she loved her clothes from there. Every time I walked past there, I cried. I couldn't listen to, he raised me up for like 10 years. Couldn't listen for 10 years. Like West Life, he raised me up. Couldn't listen to her. It was just a nightmare. And I was crying all the time. But now I've started listening to her and remembering that she liked that song. So it's maybe, maybe in a way it's a good thing to, to remember her by. And I've I've never stopped miss I never stopped missing her. Every time I see like every time I go to McDonald's, every time I'm going to the um past River Island I'm thinking of her. Um she's she was my best friend straight through college and then all of a sudden she's gone. Looking in the future, um got Look, memory, go memories, and uh, look, look after one another. I look after my family very, very well. Uh, he's still with us, and he's looking over everyone, including yourself, because you know, uh, and yourself, and everyone that we've been in contact with in the beginning. He's looking over us all and he will be so very, very proud of what, what we're doing and spreading word further out. To reach out to people, everyone's there for you. You're not alone in this world. Just everyone's there for each other and you should reach out. Because you never know the, next, the person next year is wanting a friend as well and talking helps rather than keeping it in. Thank you for listening to today's episode. As you have heard, people experience grief in different ways and this goes especially so for people with learning disabilities and autism and how it's important for them to go through the grieving process as well. But with that said, we hope that you enjoyed the episode, and we'll see you again in two weeks' time for our regular scheduling.